Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder, and thank you so much for being a part of our ministry, a part of us uh, listening here. No matter how you're listening to us, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, we're live on YouTube and also on Podbean. Uh, and uh, so thank you so much for being a part of our ministry. And as always, I got to bring in my co host, Andy Santos. Welcome, Ann, and thank you so much uh, for joining me today on uh, this beautiful. Uh, I guess it's another Tuesday morning. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning. I'm looking at the sun coming in the window and just a wonderful time of day. Good morning, everyone, or hello, whatever time you're listening to this, because I know that our podcast is available all the time and, you know, after after the live show. So, yes. So we have a good guest today, too. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about our guest? Yes, we have an excellent guest. I'm very excited because we have uh, Mary Rose Verrett. And she is with Witness to Love. And you can go to their website at witness2love.org. They have so much going on regarding marriage and the renewal of marriage. So I wondered, Mary Rose, maybe you could take us on your faith journey and tell us a little bit about yourself and, and you and your husband and your family. Oh, thank you. So, uh, so grateful to be with you and, and uh, all your listeners this morning. And, you know, the, the, I would say the faith journey, you know, for so, I think for so many people my age, um, who are cradle Catholics, um, there's either a, you know, a, uh, reversion, like a, a coming back to the faith, um, or there is, you know, so many people my age are just kind of still disconnected, right? They, they've been maybe, um, wounded in some way, either, you know, in their family or in their church community. And they just, you know, they, they've distanced themselves. And, and, and personally, you know, my, my parents uh, were divorced when I was an early teen. And, um, you know, it was just one of those, those situations where you, know, you just see all those statistics that are a part of, um, you know, the impact of divorce, you know, my siblings falling away from the faith. And um, it was just, it was a very tough time. And when I was a a high schooler, uh, there was a, uh, a priest, uh, Father Thomas Vanderwoody, and he brought um, a big youth group camp uh, to do some, some work on our, on our house. Uh, we lived way up in the mountains, and we were one of those uh, summer mission camp uh, opportunities for uh, kids from the Northern Virginia area. Where, so I grew up in the Appalachian Mountains, and uh, this priest just had, he had so much joy and um, so much reverence and, and love for Jesus. And I remember asking him, and at the time I was 
was really struggling in my faith. And I said, you know, Father, where do you get this? <laughs> and uh, he said, you know, it's my family. It's it's my faith. And, and he said, and I went to Christendom College. And I said, what's that? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so he, you know, introduced me to Christendom College. And uh, that's where I ended up going to college. And I just uh, definitely at Christendom fell in love with Jesus. Um Mainly, not just from the college community, um, but it was it was the professors and their wives, uh, and being invited into their homes and having dinner with them, and meeting their families, and just their witness. And then the summer between my uh, freshman and sophomore year, I was uh, pull a van of. Polish sisters pulled up while I was working summer maintenance crew, you know, mowing grass on campus that summer and said, Hey, one of our chaperones for world youth day, they, um, they got sick and we, we have to leave in an hour to drive up to Toronto and we're short a chaperone. Like we're, we, we have to have a chaperone. Can you help? And if you come, like it's all paid for, you just have to be here with your things in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I ran and I found my supervisor for the summer. I said, look, I have an opportunity to go to World Youth Day. Can I go? And, you know, so I grabbed my things and I was waiting and I got in the van, a uh, 15 passenger van with a bunch of high school boys and, uh, and three Polish sisters. <laughs> We drove, right. <laughs> yes, and we drove all the way to Toronto, and you know, yeah, that was my first time going. Actually, first and only time going to World Youth Day, and um, the the sisters at the end of World Youth Day during the mass that was supposed to be the big closing mass, they said, "Hey, we got to go," and we just jumped in the van and drove away from the city. And I said, "Oh my goodness, like we, we're not having mass with John Paul II. What's wrong?" And we pulled up at a convent outside of the city. And his helicopter landed and he went in. It's where he was staying. And we ended up having a private audience with him uh, at that convent uh, outside of Toronto. And at meeting him changed my life. And it was the first time that I had ever had anyone, uh, I would just say, embrace and behold and look at me with, with really the love of the Father. And It's incredible. That was the turning point in my life. Mm. And um, so really from that point on, everything kind of changed. There was a lot of healing, a lot of conversion. And there was something that John Paul II said during the, that evening under the stars. He said, you're not the sum of your fears and failures, but you're the sum of the Father and his love for you. And, you know, I think we all need to hear that in our own way. But for me, I, I would say that was the decisive turning point sort of in my own faith journey. And funny thing is my husband, Ryan, uh, we now have five kids <laughs> married 11 years, but we were under those same stars in that same field that night. Now we never met each other cause he's from Louisiana and I'm from Virginia, but we were hearing those same words and being impacted by those same words in that same field that night. Um, and it's really from, from that conversion and the, from those words that this, you know, witness to love the, this ministry to couples that Ryan and I started together almost nine years ago. Uh, so God works in, in, in a very mysterious ways. Yeah, he, he does. does. He does. Uh, but what a beautiful story. And uh, wow, just a great story. Beautiful. Um, and, and those words are often quoted, I know. Uh, you know, so many, so many people, uh, you know, quote those words. You see them on memes on social media. Yes. Very famous words by uh, Pope John Paul II. Uh, Saint Pope John Paul II. So, so yeah. Then uh, you know how how did it end up that uh, you and Ryan met and and came together and and have five kids? That's so good awesome. question. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's no accidents. There's no coincidences. Um, but 
you know, from a, without looking at kind of our story through the eyes of faith, it definitely would be a, a surprising journey. Um, you know, how, people here in Louisiana keep asking me, because now we live in Louisiana, and they say, how did a Virginia girl get to Louisiana, just out of curiosity? <laughs> and, um, uh, so what, what happened was Ryan was in a grad school at what's now known as Divine Mercy University in um, Northern Virginia, and it's a really great Catholic um, study of psychology, and um, Father Groeschel was professor there at the time, and Ryan knew him very well, and Father Groeschel told Ryan, you really need to go to, to this university where I, where, I, where I teach, and so Ryan went, and you know, he did not know a, a soul in Northern Virginia, and he, through um, one of those Catholic websites, found a household of guys that was looking for a roommate, and so he moved in in January of 2005, and they uh, that the the weekend he moved in there was an ice storm. And anyone who lives in the Beltway, Northern Virginia area, knows that you know there's not just soft, fluffy snow. <laughs> there's like this black ice, this rain that coats everything and makes the trees fall down. And uh, so for three days, he was without power, and it was 19 degrees. And again, this is a Louisiana boy. And so he walked to church on Sunday, St. Louis and Alexandria, and discovered they had power. And so he decided that night he was coming back to sleep in the cry room. And um, so he went, got, got, a, got a sleeping bag, or you know, he actually got, got a big fluffy coat and went to go sleep in the cry room. And that evening, when he was getting comfortable under a bench in the cry room, the priest, uh, Father Francis de Rosa, who ended up uh, preaching at our wedding, <laughs> found Ryan sleeping under the bench and said, hey, you can't sleep here. You know, you're an insurance liability. And uh, Ryan's like, oh, no, you don't understand. Explain the whole situation. And Father's like, you still can't sleep here. Look, I'm on my way to a parishioner's house for dinner. Come with me. We'll figure this out later. And it was my house he was going to. And we uh, had a big household of girls. And, and I was in charge of young adult ministry for the Diocese of Arlington at the time. So our, our house was just the happening place where young adults came to, you know, sing songs and have bonfires and have a good time. And we'd have up to seven priests just hanging out at our house with you know, all these young adults on any given weekend. And so... Ryan came and I thought he was a homeless guy and I kind of fussed at father for bringing a homeless guy to a house where, you know, a bunch of girls lived. <laughs> then I realized he wasn't homeless. Um, but we were friends for two years and just, you know, enjoyed, we realized we enjoyed the same things and we would plan all of these get togethers for young adults. And Ryan would be the only one that would show up or he'd plan something and I'd be the only one that showed up because nobody else wanted to bike to the cherry blossom festival at 6am um, you know, in DC. And it was, we just kept picking these, uh, it, things that we enjoyed, but no one else would show up for. And so we decided to just start going on what we call date, not dates together. So for two years, and then he moved back to Louisiana and I missed him and he missed me and he started calling and we, uh, we started dating and, um, actually I told him I wouldn't date. I told him I would only court because, uh, we knew each other way too well to just date. And so we, we discerned and he decided, yes, I want to date. I want to court, not just date. And, uh, shortly after that, I moved to Louisiana we got engaged and we got married. So it's, we definitely friendship, uh, and loving and enjoying the same things, especially our faith has really been at the heart of our marriage, um, to just really enjoy things together. And I would say hospitality is our charism where we always are inviting people, you know, into our home and, um, you know, 
we, there's a lot of, uh, of good food and good drinks that are consumed <laughs> um, mm-hmm. by many wonderful uh, couples and singles here at our home. So uh, that's, uh, I think that's just kind of the, the path that God had us on. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of our, our fun and uh, full of turns and twists journey. That's awesome. I love it. What an amazing journey. And I know that your kids probably like to hear it too sometimes, mm-hmm. the older ones that understand, right? They, they do. They're always asking. Story. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope you have some great pictures from those early days too. We do. We have some great pictures. We do. K- kayaking pictures, biking pictures, um, hiking pictures, uh, um, all kinds of pictures and stories. That The night Ryan wanted to go to the movie La Vie en Rose, uh, the story of uh, Edith uh, Piaf, and nobody else wanted to go, and he parked in front of a dumpster, and his car got towed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just- <laughs> All those fun, crazy you know, th- memories to look back on, all those date, not dates. Um, but it, it was fun. It was a really fun, free, uh, formative time, I think, where we just, um, you know, really got to understand each other as, as uh, you know, for who we were and um, to enjoy the same things. And I think that's important for, for couples to you know, really understand the other person, even if you don't like all the same things, but to discover what you have in common, you know, that you really, really love. And it's so great that you were friends to begin with, because now you, when you're friends with somebody, someone like that, your husband from the beginning, it, it really brings you together as far as all of those commonalities, like you said, how you were the only ones who went to that cherry blossom whatever day that bike ride, (laughs) bike ride or whatever that was, you know, things that you have in common that now are, uh, that you'll always share. You'll always Mm -hmm. share those things, even the the things that you did even before you had kids. So how awesome. So, and then now your, your first child was born. I believe that was your son, correct? Well, we had our first, um, was a daughter. So we have, uh, five children. We have, uh, uh, Zaylee, named for Zaylee Martin, the mother of St. Therese. Mm-hmm. We have Andre Joseph, named for uh, St. Andre Joseph Bassett um, from Montreal, the uh, b- beautiful saint who was uh, recently canonized, actually canonized the year Andre was born, but we picked the name before his canonization was announced. So that's funny. One and the same favorite, thing, by the way. Oh, ours too. It's the same yeah. thing. We were like, I think, you know, God, yeah, I think we're going to be having a boy. I think his name's going to be Andre. And Ryan and I were both like, wait, that's one of our favorite saints. I didn't know. Oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> our next is uh, Marie Melody Rose and she's named for the Magnificat Mary's song. So Melody, Marie Melody. And then um, the next one is Mayel Therese. And Mayel is an old French. So Ryan's family is Acadian. They came from uh, Nova Scotia. They were um, kicked out by the British um, in the 1700s or uh, was it late 16, but, you know, a couple hundred years ago, they came down here to Louisiana and they resettled um, because this was really the, one of the only French Catholic parts of the country. Um, so they were welcomed here. And this was before it was really America. And they've lived on the same land forever. And when we looked, we went back to Nova Scotia um, and uh, Quebec last summer, and we started looking at the deportation logs, the names of all the people who were deported. And one of the beautiful old names was Mayel, and it means Mary's princess. And uh, it's just a beautiful name, M-A-E-L-L-E. So in, our, our fourth is Mayel Therese. And, um, and then our, our baby's name is Loic Martin. 
And um, Loic is an Acadian way of saying Louis or Louis. Okay. And w- the church Ryan and I met at was St. Louis. And the church we got married at was St. Martin. And, but we picked the name for Louis Martin, again, St. Therese's father. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking, yeah. But it never crossed our minds that, wait a minute, it's the church we met at and the church we got married at. Like, again, God's coincidences are just really so beautiful. So, so yes, it's, uh, um, but so the kid, the kids always want to know, you know, how did you pick our name? And, you know, and I just, I believe God has a name for each of us. And so we really discern those names. You can really feel the love. And I mean that not just in an emotional way, but you feel that love that you have for your fa- your husband and your kids as you're speaking about each of them and um, how special. And I had posted on my social media last night, a beautiful photo of you and Ryan and the kids to introduce that you'd be on uh, Sewing Hope podcast and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful family. So I would invite people to take a look. We're on Facebook at Sewing Hope Podcast. I believe I also posted it there. It's on my own and DeSantis Facebook page too. But you can take a look and see the Verrett's wonderful <laughs> family who have a, a, a picture. <laughs> I'll say that picture was taken during the pandemic, by the way, Um, (laughs) that was taken under quarantine because it was our son's first birthday that day. And we have this tradition of each child on their first birthday that um, one of our friends who went to the John Paul II Institute, she's also just a beautiful photographer and she really captures kind of, I feel like the way that God sees us. So when she takes photos, they're just always so beautiful. And she took that photo. Her name's Amy Stute. And, uh, so she called, she said, I wonder, you know, are you canceling you know, your son's birthday photo shoot? And I said, well, no, I don't want to cancel it. I said, you can just stay six feet back with your camera and uh, come take the pictures. And she said, you sure you want to do a photo shoot in quarantine? You know, y'all like you look a little scruffy. Has everyone had a haircut? And I said, well, look, it's not going to get any better than this. So come on over. And so she came with her camera and took that. But so We'll forever remember those family photos, the, the one you shared as the, the pictures taken in quarantine. So, yeah, yes. these quarantine days give, give us plenty of memories, don't they? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they really do. Wonderful memories of yes, a family I, dinner. I know for us in my home, uh, just being together as a family and uh, has been so good. So, uh, and, and looking at your website, I would like to invite the listeners to go to witness to love.org. I know that you had a special program and you still do called be light, a marriage renewal date series. So I thought maybe we could spend some time if we could talking about that. And also it's on social media. I believe it is under witness to love. So you want to make sure to like that page. As I said, again, we're speaking to Mary Rose Verrett. Her husband is Ryan. They have five children located in Louisiana. So tell us about Witness to Love. Certainly. So so Witness to Love, again, as I mentioned earlier, it was uh, nine years ago that we discerned starting this ministry. And, and honestly, it didn't start off as let's start a ministry. Uh, very far from it. <laughs> it, it started off with, um, as I mentioned earlier, I worked for the Diocese of Arlington, Virginia um, for three years. And I did young adult ministry and marriage prep and pro-life ministry. So I wore a lot of hats. And... Um, I help with the big engaged couple conferences, you know, the, that engaged couples, you know, usually are required to go to as a part of marriage preparation. And these were great conferences. The Diocese of Arlington was one of the first dioceses to incorporate 
theology of the body into marriage conferences in the world. And at the time it was considered revolutionary and, and it was, and now I think most dioceses expect theology of the body to be covered in some way. Um, maybe not in depth, but definitely touched on. And so then I went from the, working for the Diocese of Arlington to working for the Diocese of Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, where I now live the same thing, marriage and family life, young adult ministry. And, you know, we, Ryan and I, when we got married, we would present at these big conferences and there would be 70 couples in a room. And, and you know, first off, they had to be there, right? They, they were required to do this. Most of them, you know, they didn't mind too much, but I mean, they couldn't get out quick enough. You know, they, <laughs> for them, it was something they were checking off, right? It was a requirement. Um, their presenters were couples they had most likely never met before, would never see again. And it didn't matter how much we poured our hearts into it or even how much they enjoyed the content. The, the challenge was they didn't know us and they didn't trust us. And again, I when I was working at the diocese at the time, I just, I didn't know kind of what the lasting implications of these presentations would be. I just gave the presentations and with Ryan and, you know, we got a lot out of it. It did a lot for our marriage and preparing for these. And there were enough couples who would stay afterwards and visit and say, wow, this is amazing. You know, I'm going to use natural family planning. I'm going to, you know, um, abstain till the wedding day and, and things like that, where we felt like, wow, like they really, they, they're going all out. Um, and, and for those who don't know, natural family planning is basically like fertility awareness, like being able to, to chart your body's signs um, to either achieve pregnancy or avoid pregnancy. And, uh, and, and for those wondering as well, um, we did in fact uh, intentionally have five kids. <laughs> um, and they're, they're spaced perfectly two years apart um, because we have C-sections. And so we had to, like we, there was times where, you know, we had to, uh, um, avoid and, and times we wanted to achieve. And so it, you know, it, it worked very well for us. And, um, but you know, it didn't matter how much we kind of got these couples thinking when they were done with the conference, there was no sort of solid follow-up after these conferences. Right. So, um, and even if the parish had assigned mentor couples, um, the, the engaged couples didn't know these couples. And so mentoring is, I would say the premier, you know, deluxe version of marriage prep, right? It's, it's one-on-one -on -one attention with another couple who's walking with you. Um, however, uh, you, you have this sort of, uh, interesting issue that happens. So when I was working at the diocese, our, our second child was born, our son, Andre. And, um, I just said, you know what, I, I need to be home. I, I, I want to work from home or just stay home. I don't, I, I just can't, you know, go into the office anymore. I just need to be with my family. And so, um, you know, I, I, turned in my, my, my two weeks notice. And that night our, our pastor showed up at the doorstep eight o'clock at night with a bottle of wine. You know, he was, you know, on the door, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, and, and just a, wor a word of advice to everyone listening, you know, if, if, if a priest knocks on your door at eight o'clock at night with a bottle of wine, he is going to ask you to do something. And you will not be able to say, you know, if he's, he's going to volunteer you something, right? And, uh, and yes, and uh, he's like, look, I really need help with marriage uh, prep at the parish. I really don't like it anymore. And we were just kind of like, huh? What do you mean? You're the marriage prep priest. You do so many weddings. And he said, no, you know, I'm, I'm serious. These, these couples, they, 
They're not going to church after the wedding day. Um, we're assigning mentor couples to them. They're going to the Dallas conference. They're they're taking a, a national family planning class. Um, you know, I'm meeting with them. He said it's just it's not sticking. If they weren't going to church before the wedding day, they're not going after. And I really believe the Catholic divorce rate is the same as everywhere else. And for us, that was a shocker. Um, I just I really believed if I mean. He was, father was requiring more than any other priest in the diocese. How in the world could his couples not be going to church? And he was a fun, awesome priest. You know, I just couldn't, couldn't comprehend. I said, father, I'm sure you're wrong. I'm going to get to like, I'm going to figure out where your couples are and get you some real data. And so I started calling all the couples and it was four out of every 17 couples married per year were divorced within five years. Wow. And so that's for, so it's a 23% divorce rate. So at five years after the wedding day, four out of every 17 couples were divorced. And that, I mean, that, that like I was physically ill and father, I, we just, we, I remember he canceled the staff meeting and we had adoration and we just prayed and we just, and father said, look, I mean, we're all here going to be praying for our perspective ministries, like for, for the Holy Spirit to give us guidance on like what to do next, because what we are doing is not working. And we just, it was really, uh, so that was the point at witness loves, uh, at which witness loves started. It was that holy hour. It was, we say desperation and the Holy spirit to be like, okay, (laughs) what we're doing is not working. We're back to the drawing board. Like God help us figure this out. And I remember after that holy hour, we had a three hour conversation with father Michael and just said, look, couples, they, they're not trusting the couple that we're assigning to them, even though they're an amazing Catholic couple, but they don't trust them because they don't know them. They have no reason to trust them. And, you know, for anyone involved in evangelization or just, you know, studying some of these surveys coming out, the number one challenge to evangelization today in the church is trust. Oh, yes. Big time. you know, I, I don't think the church necessarily has given that enough attention. And that's something that's finally being talked about. But at the time, you know, we realized if we don't trust them, they don't trust us. And we're all at an impasse. And so we had to discern, okay, who are they going to for help when they're struggling in their marriage? And they, for the most part, they were going to, um, they were they were talking to friends of theirs who they said wouldn't judge them and understood what they were going through. Mm. And who do you think that was? Not necessarily people who are people of faith, right? Well, it was, it was their divorced friends and oh, not just okay. divorced elders. It was divorced peers. And so that presents a challenge because somebody who's older and divorced might say, Hey, you know what? Like I'm, I made some mistakes or I would have done this differently or look, here's some words of wisdom. Um, you know, here's how it impacted our children. You know, they, they might ha- be able to look back a little bit more objectively, but a peer who is recently divorced is not going to be giving you objective advice, yeah. right? It, it, it's going to be very kind of, emotional and subjective and it's not going to help with clear discernment, you know, even if they're, you know, well-intentioned, which of course, you know, I'm sure they were, but so we said, okay, they're not going to the mentor couple we assigned to them. They're not coming to father, you know, some are, but most are not. And if they do, they wait till it's really quote too late, right. Till they've really kind of thrown in the towel. And so, you know, what can we do? 
And so we said, look, they all have someone whose marriage they admire and that they look up to. That couple is definitely not going to be perfect. That couple is in, maybe they're not the person father or I would have chosen, but the engaged couple trust them. And where there's trust, we can build something, we can do something, and we can form both couples because we nobody's perfect, you know, not not us, not anybody. And so if if there if we go into this process and into marriage prep with understanding that guess what? Like we're all a work in progress, we can all grow, but friendship is at the heart of it and relationship and trust. And so if, 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 and we have this acronym we talk about all the time, it's called the, the art of evangelization. So attraction, relationship, and trust. If you take any one of those three things, attraction, relationships, and trust, if you take one of those out, you cannot evangelize. And in marriage prep, we were making those optional, if not obsolete, and wondering why you see yes and so that was the turning point we said let couples choose their own mentor let them choose someone whose marriage they admire who's active in the catholic church and married five years or more they made it to the kind of the, the critical breaking point and you know if they can bring that couple to us no matter what their other sort of backgrounds or challenges or issues we can work with that couple and from that point on we noticed more couples going to church. Um, we noticed that uh, there was just, there was a change. There, there were people standing outside and visiting after mass on Sunday. The, the couples, they would ask for help and the mentors would say, hey, you know, our couple just got married and look, you know, the, the, the wife is, she's been really sick and, and she had a miscarriage and, and they're just struggling in their marriage and what resources can you point us towards to help them? And so we started getting asked for help as opposed to finding out when it was too late. And um, that, that's when we said, okay, something's different. A few years in, we said, let's kind of do another survey. Let's see how many people are still married. We should have had probably four divorces by now. There wasn't one. Four years later, same thing, wasn't one. Five years later, wasn't a single divorce mm. from that group. But people who had gotten married prior to starting this new, what we then started calling the witness to love methodology, um, the people prior to that, they were still getting divorced. But nobody who had gone through the witness to love process had gotten divorced. And so mm. that's when the lights started going off. People started calling our pastor and saying, Hey, what are you doing? You know, how's this going? And he said, Oh, well, call Mary Rose. And, you know, and so then we gave a talk to family life directors and uh, at a conference just on the idea, but there were no books at the time, no videos, no nothing. And uh, we explained the idea and they're like, where's the book? <laughs> <You know? And laughs> so that's where our book came from. Uh, so it's just been, it's now in 80 dioceses, um, over 500 parishes. It's in three languages and a fourth one coming out. We're just releasing an interdenominational version, so one for any denomination. Um, it, it's just been uh, a little bit of a whirlwind. Um, so, so yes, it's uh, that, that's that's how it started, um, uh, and we're just kind of listening to the Holy Spirit for next steps. But um, definitely serving couples who are married through this date night series you mentioned uh, was definitely an inspiration of the Holy Spirit for. You know, during the pandemic, um, for couples in isolation and just trying to build community and and strengthen marriages, but now we're seeing kind of a even a greater need, and so um, we'll be spending a lot of time working on those date nights. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about how the pandemic has affected um, 
you know, marriage, marriages and, and things like that. I, you know, uh, what, what does it look like? What are, what are some of the things people are coming to you with saying, uh, during this pandemic? Well, I, I don't know if, uh, either of you saw the news yesterday, but if you follow, um, uh, Rachel, Rachel Hollis, I don't know if you, uh, have heard of her or follow her, but you know, she's, she's not somebody that we necessarily knew about, but a lot of people kept telling Ryan and I, Hey, you know, you know how Rachel Hollis and her husband, you know, they do these little video clips and things and they're really great. And, you know, y'all should do some things like they do and look at how they do outreach and, and, you know, sort of use them as um, models. Well, they announced yesterday they're getting divorced. Oh my goodness. Wow. And, you know, I'd only just started following them maybe six months ago. And I mean, that's just, Another example of now, obviously, there were issues, I'm sure, challenges that they had prior to the pandemic. But what we're seeing is, is that the pandemic uh, has been a relationship accelerator for couples. So if they had sort of a subs- uh, if they if they had kind of maybe friendship and the faith and, um, you know, we're going to make this work in unity and all of this at the heart of their marriage. Right. That the pandemic has kind of just put them in like the. Uh, uh, the uh, relationship accelerator machine, right? You know, it's just kind of like crunched you till you're like, man, like, uh, you know, I, I, we, if we can, if we can do this, we can do anything. Right. And, and you, it just, I mean, most spouses have spent more time together in the past few months than they have in like years cumulatively. Right. Forever. We- or ever, right? Because you you might see each other, you know, uh, in front of the fridge, in front of the coffee pot for, you know, a few minutes before whisking kids off to school or running to the office. And sometimes, in, in some cases with the commute, you know, spouses have to leave for work before the other one even wakes up, you know, especially if they have different, you know, work schedules or shifts. And then, you know, in the evening, it's, you know, kids and school and sports and activities, and there's just this mad dash. And then, you know, and then, you know, you know, bed is the weary finish line. Um, if you even make it there, you might end up on the sofa in a chair watching TV, right? You know, people are just exhausted. But with the pandemic, many couples are stuck home, you know, both working from home, either full-time or part-time with kids around, or one has an, quote, essential job and they're working crazy hours somewhere. And the other one's home all stressed out that the other one's bringing germs home. And, um, you know, and then there's the kids and then babysitters can't come. And, you know, you can either kind of, kind of chuckle and try to make the most of it and grit your teeth and, and just try to work it out. Um, but again, if, if your marriage is not on really solid footing, this, this pandemic can kind of put, put people over. And so, you know, in, in China, there was a, an uptick in divorces when the quarantine lifted. And so we put together this date night when we started seeing the data coming out of China, just saying, you know, watch out the rest of the world, you know, when, when the, the um, divorce attorneys open their office and when the courts houses open up again, you know, there's going to be a lot of people applying for divorce. And so, um, you know, we had couples go through the date night series who were separate, legally like separated and um, on the path to divorce, but they were stuck in the same home for during the pandemic for financial reasons and decided to do the date night because, Hey, what's there to lose, right? And now they they got connected with another couple at a neighboring parish who's kind of mentoring them, and they decided to stick it out. Um, so I, I think just we need more of that sort of um, 
you know, resources in the church or just in the world in general that like speak to the times, speak to the needs of couples. And it's not just kind of a flash in the pan, like, hey, here's a big like virtual like catalog of things you can look at. But it's actually an intentional, um, discerned methodology and pathway into community and into into conversion and renewal that that we all need because it just there's so much bombarding us and coming at us and so we kind of take a very small simple sort of methodological approach where we're like okay what do people need first and then what do they need and then what do they need and then where do they go from there and um, that's what the date night is and um I mean, we can talk about sort of more of the nuts and bolts of it, but uh, you know, I, we, we do need that, that discernment and path forward in connection to community rather than just being bombarded all the time by yeah. here's the latest free virtual X, Y, and Z, you know? So they're, they're right. just, I think as a church and as ministries, we need to be a little more discerning. And I love what you do on this podcast, that it's in depth, right? That it's an hour long. You can really get to know each other and know the speakers and and the listeners can can do the same because so many times it's like, hey, there's an interview. You get five minutes or you get 10 minutes. And, you know, I don't remember any interview that I ever heard that was under 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that uh, I think is lacking. And, you know, our show, uh, yes. Mary Rose, was actually kind of born out of this uh, entire pandemic. Uh, you know, so so for us um, to be able to have some quality time and 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 it's so good to know that, you know, sp- you know, speakers and authors like yourselves are are willing to spend that time on the air <laughs> mm-hmm. because because many aren't, you know, they they're, you know, they're looking for, you know, OK, I want to sell a book. I want to I want to get out there and, you know, do this. But but no. I want to help people is really mm-hmm. what really what this is about on on the you know on the Catholic level we have to we have to be willing to get down into the um, nitty gritty of things and and help people out and so I think you know what you're doing and 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 how you're doing it your approach is you know as you said revolutionary you know even you know father showed up with a bottle of wine uh, and, <laughs> and here and and here it is but you're willing to spend time with them I mean I know couples you know my age and I'm 35. Uh, and just recently married, but um, you know what? What will happen is you know, okay, well, father's coming. Oh, wait, what does father want? Like, you know, I mean, like, uh, let's get him out of here. You know what I mean? Like, father, there's not, there's not a, there's not a, um, you know, an embrace of that. You know, mm-hmm. we have a really good relationship with our pastor, but you know, getting, getting involved beyond um, just the, just the surface. You know, where where seventy percent of Catholics aren't going to mass anyway. Um, you know, you've you've really created something where you're now forming the whole family, and and uh, and and during the pandemic, uh, this this date night, what a wonderful um, what a wonderful opportunity uh, for for couples. And if you want to expound on that a little further, feel free and go ahead and do that. Sure, oh, yeah. I mean, I I can share it just kind of briefly. Um, and we did do an article on Catholic Link um, uh, a few days ago, and it's on our Witness to Love Facebook page. Um, it's called Five Ways to Strengthen Your Marriage During Quarantine. And, and Catholic Link asked, asked us basically to, you know, do a story um, with that title, but, you know, to please include a link to the date night. And so it's, uh, again, it's Five Ways to Strengthen Your Marriage During Quarantine. And that it basically goes into in depth to the sort of five um, parts to the witness to love sort of evangelization, transformation um, model. And um, basically, it starts with um, belonging. Uh, so there's, I'll just say all of them, and then I'll go into them. So it's uh, belong, 
believe, become, beatitude, and be light. And though you can't, again, rearrange that order. You, you, you have to start off with belonging. Um, uh, Mother Elvira from the uh, Chinacolo communities, um, they have this uh, thing that they say, and again, that's, uh, they have homes for mainly people who are struggling with addictions. It's just a beautiful, beautiful religious community uh, all over the world. They have these homes. And when, when somebody comes to the gate of the community and they're, you know, at, at, they've hit rock bottom in their life and they knock on the gate, um, a sister greets them at the gate or a community member and says, at last you're here. We've been waiting for you. And, and deep down, all of us need to know that someone's been waiting for us, that we belong, that we're a part of a community. And we really have to mean that. And so uh, in Witness to Love, whether it's the mentor couple who's been waiting for this engaged couple, um, you know, or, or maybe there's a, a couple of the parish who's hosting these date nights, um, you know, just to say, hey, we're so glad you're here. You belong. And so um, we, we, the whole first date night is on belonging, you know, belonging to each other, to Christ, to the church. Um, what does that mean? Um, and then once you really have a sense that I belong, I, I'm, I'm valued, I'm loved, I'm welcomed, uh, then you can go a little deeper. And then so we move to believe. Okay, what do you believe about the sacrament of marriage? Like, do you believe in the grace that you've received? Um, what is that grace? What does it do? Like, what, what is this grace we're talking about and, and how does it change your life? And to really tap into that, because I mean, if I was to ask, you know, each of you or, or you know, or anybody, I think if somebody was to ask me before the date night and before we really started to delve into this, um, say, so what is the grace of the sacrament? Like, what is it? What does it do? I, I think if you ask your average married couple, we'd be like, um, it's, uh, let's see. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, like, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. I have a smile on my face and I'm laughing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. You see? You kind of have to really ponder and say, Hmm, I think it helps to ex- us to exercise the virtues and, and also to really de- de- develop that relationship with God and with each other, because God is that glue that holds us together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm answering that correctly, but, <laughs> well, but I do think it helps us to really, I mean, we'd be challenged, right? I mean, yes, marriage, married life and in your family life, you're challenged all the time uh, and your virtues are. are well, it, and it, it gives you, um, you know, the grace of the sacrament gives you, so it does a couple of things. It, it, it affects in you with change. It, it, it allows you to do things that are superhuman that things that are godlike um, in your ability to love. And, you know, I, I absolutely like the ability to love prior to the wedding day and after the wedding day, they're just, it's different. Yes. And you agree, would you agree? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. absolutely. It's, Definitely. there's something that is self selfless about it. They're completely selfless, right. you know? Um, and, and uh, I just a quick tangent. Um, I ended up writing to the Vatican um, right before my marriage, and I asked Pope Francis uh, to, you know, some, give us one of those parchments that have the, you know, the blessing of the yes. marriage on it. And the the night of uh, two nights prior to our, our, our wedding, uh, we had all our family there and everything. And it ended up that this parchment came back framed from the frame store, which I wasn't expecting until after the wedding. And 
um, just because I had gotten it so late and came from the Vatican and blah, 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 blah. And anyway, I went up with my grandmother to pick this framed parchment up and I couldn't hold on to, like, I, like I couldn't hold on to it and surprise my wife afterward. Like, I have to give this to you now, you know, and, and in that moment, <laughs> I mean, like, like, like it's still on her, uh, Apple watch. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like, it's like, it? like, like it's the photo on her Apple watch. Um, oh, no. and, and, you know, of me Love and that. her holding this and, and in that, like in that, and she was like taken back and surprised. I mean, everybody at the party that we were having uh, was kind of like, "Whoa!" Like, wait a minute. And and in that moment, okay, and a few days later, of course, the sacramental graces entered in. But, <laughs> um, but it was it was amazing to see. Okay, like this, this growth. Um, or, or I am expecting this to change. Like, okay, you know, there's something that's going just from elevating this from a from a friendship or a courtship to you know, now a marriage. And in that moment, there was something that was like, all right, this is real now. You know, here it is. Here it is. Her mm-hmm. two names printed with the, you know, with the Pope on it. Um, it was, it was, I want to see that bill. It was very cool. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a picture later, but yeah, that. it was, it was very neat. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I totally can see what you're, what you're talking about, uh, with, mm. with that, you know, it's no. a supernatural grace. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that, that, I always like to emphasize with couples when they're struggling in their marriage. So if anybody's listening to this right now and they're just like, man, like this is just, this is not what I signed up for. You know, there's, there's two things going on. One, you know, maybe you're blocking the grace of the sacrament. You know, maybe you need to go to confession. Maybe you need to start over, not just one, but both of you. Um, just, just go to confession, get, start with a clean slate. Um, uh, and then the other thing is because, because, you know, you have that superhuman grace of the sacrament. It's there. But if, if you ha- if, if there's kind of just some, some, some sins and rust blocking the pipes, it's just not, it can't get through. Um, and, and the other thing is just to really believe in, you know, in that grace of the sacrament, you know, the grace of the sacrament that was instituted by Christ, that, that grace is the same as it was a thousand years ago and 2000 years ago. Like the grace is the same. And it's not like couples today got a, a short, short, uh, circuited on a serving of grace, <laughs> right? Every couple it has sufficient grace for the challenges of their time. Like when you got married before the pandemic, God knew you might need an extra helping, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so, to, to, right. To, to tap into that and to believe that and to live that. I think sometimes we think um, like we're like the, the person on the uh, trapeze at the circus, right? Like, I don't know if there's a net underneath me. Like, I'm not so sure I'm going to walk across. I think I'm going to get down now. Um, but grace is sort of that net uh, underneath you to catch you. Um, but if you, don't believe it's there you might not ever walk and um and then a lot of us you know our parents were divorced and so we see divorce as an option uh one friend of ours who started to get divorced and then change you know they changed their mind uh he said throw away the safety net of divorce like throw away that as a backup plan once you just say that is not the possibility then you can actually work on the issue so just sharing that um it's just some key uh, advice and then also the the alexander house um greg and julie alexander they, um, they have a ministry to reach couples in crisis, and they do a beautiful job at no charge. There's n- never a charge for couples um, to work with them. And during the pandemic, they worked with over 100 couples just in one month. Um, and most couples who visit with them, they change their mind and they stay married. And so um, just to, to really, again, believe in the grace of the sacrament. Um, the, the next night it, uh, is become. So to become. So like, okay. Now that you belong and, and you believe that the grace is there, okay, now let's work on the things we need to work on. Let's become. 
um, what what do we each need to do to grow um, and to really support each other? So like if you know your spouse has a has a challenge with patience, like don't put them in a situation where they're going to lose their patience consistently. Just say, oh, you know what? I have a feeling he's going to be impatient right now. Let me be uh, preemptive and like do X, Y, and Z, you know, and like try to, to smooth out the things. Like, for example, if you know, like the kids are, you know, the house is a mess and, um, you know, and your spouse is a really like, likes things clean, just go that little extra effort to take the edge off for them. And just, you know what I mean? Like there's just little things we can do. Um, uh, but it also applies to just the way we live our, our lives morally. Um, and then, uh, beatitude. Um, okay. Like, now that you've put the extra effort in, you know, God, God's going to reward that. And, and you're going to be living not just the 10 commandments, but the beatitudes, right? You're going the extra mile. Um, you're, you're biting your tongue when you, you know, feel like saying something, but you don't, right? You're, you're practicing virtue and it's so attractive. And when two people are doing this together, they're both working together. You give each other the benefit of the doubt. You presume the best intentions. You know, you're both a work in progress and you just start to support each other a little more. And that is so beautiful to other couples. Um, and, and then lastly is be light, right? Like you're now you're opening up the doors to your domestic church and you're being a light to your community and to the world. And, but you have to do those five things in that order. And that was the focus for the date night that couples could do a little reset, have some conversations. We have discussion questions, but at witness to love.org, it's available in English and then it's be, being released on June 14th in Spanish as well. Oh, awesome. Doing such incredible work. And, and I know that people who are listening are getting something from your ministry. And again, I just want to mention that website that it is witness2love.org and that we are speaking with Mary Rose Rett. Her husband is Ryan and their beautiful five children. So it's there's just so much to learn here. And I'm really blessed to meet you. Uh, I don't know if I got to mention this too, but I also am a director for a foundation called the St. Raymond Onatis Foundation, which uh, is through a religious order, the Mercedarians. And, and we also help uh, families in crisis. So I'd love to talk more with you about uh, what we what we do. And, and uh, you know, hey, who knows, maybe there could be little collaborative efforts there too, because we're all about accompaniment too. And I think that when we join together uh, as uh, nonprofits and ministries that have a common purpose, we can all help more people because isn't that what it's about? You know, absolutely. Helping more people to find Christ, to bring, uh, you know, the virtues and healthy marriages. Uh, you, I'm just so proud of the work that you and your husband are doing. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it's, it's God's gift. It is. That, that's exactly it. It's a blessing. And, you know, I, I think it's, you just have to discern kind of what's the next step that God wants us to take. And sometimes you think you're supposed to take a big step, but God wants a little step. <laughs> sometimes you think it's in that direction, but it's in that direction, yeah. you know? And so it just, I think for us, like we just last week had a, had a board retreat with our board and we, you know, it was the week after Pentecost and we just really, you know, prayed and discerned and just, you know, come Holy spirit. Like, what do you want from us right now? What is it? And, you know, it, it's, it's a lot. It seems like a lot when you kind of discern, like, here's all the needs in the church. Okay. But what does God want us to do Amen. right now? Yes. Like, what is it? You know, because you might think God's calling you to do something, but actually he's calling someone else to do that. 
And you yeah. just really have to discern like, what, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Who am I supposed to be doing it with? How am I supposed to be doing it? Like, you know, come Holy Spirit. And so that's really for us, the Holy Spirit has, is, is at the forefront um, of, of everything that we do. And we just we're kind of following him, you know, and yeah. sometimes he's like, Hey, take a step back, go that way, wrong way, wrong way, you know, but um, <laughs> it just, yes, it, it's, it's been a blessing and a gift to be able to serve in this way. And, and, you know, the other thing is you're talking about that FYI people that works, that really does work. Like if you pray to the Holy spirit and you are intentional, we talk a lot about intentionality. If you're intentional with your prayer, uh, whether it's in your marriage, with your work, with your ministry, it doesn't matter. It actually works. It does. Yes, this works. It does. And honestly, and you know, you'll discover uh, a new direction. You'll discover, and you know what? You don't have to do everything. You just have to do what God is calling to you to do well. And so, I mean, maybe that's a takeaway as well for today. You know, just just take that away. And and, and as you're listening to this, you know, say a prayer tonight before you go to bed. Uh, say a prayer at noon, whatever it is. Uh, asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want you to do today and where you can fill the gap today? You know, where you can yes. sow hope into somebody's life right now and right today. So uh, this has been an amazing conversation, uh, Mary Rose. Thank you so much for, for spending time with us today. It's just been a pleasure to have you on the air. Oh, it's been a joy. It's uh, I, I have to say, when I first saw that it was an hour long, I said, oh my goodness. Um, I said, it's, it's probably going to be really good. <laughs> so it has been. Oh, it's been okay. wonderful. Thank you all so much. Such a blessing to us, Mary Rose. Thank you. Say hi to Ryan and the kids. And we I would definitely invite you to be a guest again on the Sewing Hope podcast, because what we're all about is, uh, I think, as Bill mentioned, it's it's about sewing hope into broken hearts. It's all about accompaniment. And we especially have a, a, a mission in this podcast to reach those who feel uh, marginalized because mm. there's so much of that. And even within family life, marriages and church life, there's many people who feel marginalized. I love that the first part of your mission you said is belonging because mm -hmm. there's so many people who don't feel that they belong. So I just commend you for that and the work of the Holy Spirit and, and just invite you to stay in touch with us. And I just want to invite our listeners to please, again, come back to the Sewing Hope podcast because we're here every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern, as well as Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can find us at Patchwork Heart Ministry. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we are on Podbean and TuneIn apps on your phone. So thank you so much for being here, everyone. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, again, Mary Rose's website is very simple. It's witness to love.org. All you have to do uh, is head over there. You'll find out more information about her and her ministry and her husband. If you want, if you'd like to listen to her husband's version of the story, it's a little bit shorter. It was on our half hour program called Young Catholics Respond uh, with Ryan Verrett. You can go back in the archive uh, of our podcast and find that. Uh, so if you'd like uh, Ryan's perspective, uh, go ahead and listen to the Young Catholics Respond episode with uh, him and I, uh, which was also equally as fun and uh, and awesome to listen to. So uh, and 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 to produce. So uh, thank you, Mary. Mary Rose. Thank you, Anne. Uh, it's thank just... you, Mary Rose. Oh, thank you, Bill and Anne. Thank you so much. God bless. <laughs> yes. God bless. Well, folks, uh, real quick before we end the show, uh, I want to remind you that you can head over to uh, our websites, uh, patchworkheart.org and desantis.com to find out more information about this program and all the other great things we have going on. Uh, I want to point you in a specific direction toward our um, Patreon. We have a premium subscribership uh, where you can get some really great premium uh, inspirational stuff from Fiat Ministry Network 
and ourselves. Uh, we've produced uh, a, DV, uh, a video series uh, that is all about uh, helping you discover your mission. Uh, that's $25 a month, and what we're able to do with that uh, is give you three 30-minute uh, uh, videos, 90 minutes a month, uh, from a great Catholic speaker that goes out and inspires you to uh, live your Catholic faith as almost like a personal parish mission, or it's a personalized parish mission, I should say. So check that out. Each and every month we release a brand new uh, three-part uh, you know, series up there, so please go ahead over uh, to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. Again, very easy, patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. And uh, I really do uh, encourage you all to uh, share this podcast as well with a friend uh, or family member. Please do so. Uh, it really helps us get the word out and uh, evangelize and, and bring on great uh, Catholic speakers like Mary Rose and Ryan. So uh, thank you so much uh, to everybody listening. And until next time, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.